We all know that a career in the fire service and EMS is unlike any other career out there. I feel like I almost say this every week, but it's true. That's why we tried so hard to get hired and worked so hard at going through fire academies and paramedic school to get here. We see a lot of things that people may never see in their entire lives. We all have our own ways of coping and compartmentalizing. However, sometimes we allow the dark things that we see and the dark feelings that may come as a result to bleed over into our personal lives, manifesting as sadness, anger, depression, isolation, you name it. In today's episode, I'll share with you a powerful little habit that I utilize to not compartmentalize, but to help me walk through the things that I may experience on duty, whether they be related to the gnarly things that I may see or the frustrating bureaucracy that I may be subject to. I'll share with you some strategies that I incorporate, and I'll challenge you to find a journal that will help you start a habit that's been proven to positively affect your mental health. We feel like it's up to us to hold the line As we light this spark within ourselves It comes from way deep down inside We're so sick of the status quo We are here to let you know Unaddressed problems are a liability Core values, the brotherhood you need Accountability Ignited we stand Ignited we I'm not sure about your experience, but when I was going through paramedic school, I had a section where all we talked about was documentation. And I went through medic school when we were still using paper charts with carbon copies and all that fun stuff. We talked about writing clearly, you know, penmanship. We talked about how to construct and formulate a good narrative that gets the point across that includes all the important details and keeps you out of court, all while being able to fit it in that tiny little box that the form gives you. Now with the iPads and the tough books and all the other forms of digital toolery that we've got, we don't really have to worry about penmanship or running out of space to write. However, we still need to be able to record the important things in a way that is clear and that matters. And why does it matter? Because if you didn't write it down, you didn't do it. If you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. And the same goes for the story of our lives. We record our lives on social media with a post here and there sharing our favorite quotes, what we're eating, or what movie we're watching. But are we taking the time to write down, like physically write down, our thoughts and things that we've learned? What about the things that have changed our lives or the things that we hope to achieve? The more and more we dive deeper into our digital world, the more we distance ourselves from each other and quite honestly, ourselves. So much distraction, so much separation. I'd like to take this moment to express my love for the written word. And here's just a few questions to think about. As I was writing this, these are some questions that popped into my head. So I'd like to share them with you. In your firehouse, do you have a separate dorm room? Does everybody have a separate dorm room or is it like a common shared dorm room? In the downtime, 
Does everyone in your firehouse spend time alone in those respective rooms? How much purpose and effort do you put into your fire or EMS reports? When was the last time you wrote a handwritten note or letter? Was it to fill out an order form or was it to send a note of kindness to someone? These are all just questions that came to my mind as I was writing this. So I thought I'd share them with you guys. And I'm not expecting you to answer them right now or whatever, but just think about them. These are questions for you to just ponder. Just some things to think about in a rhetorical way. I just want you to think about them. Really, that's all these podcast episodes are all about anyway, right? Making you think. Let's get back to the topic of writing things down by hand. Uh, this, this episode is all about keeping a journal and why you should do it. Uh, I want to share with you what it looks like and why it'll be a benefit to you. I want to encourage you guys to keep a journal because I know it's been a benefit to me. So those things that have been a benefit to me, I want to share them with you guys. And let's talk about some sciencey stuff for a minute. The reality is that over time, our minds and memories become hazy. Our brains are super advanced hard drives that decipher information that it deems important, and it tends to discard the rest. It deciphers and records the important stuff, right? And it purges the rest, basically. It does this on its own. But does that mean that we can't purposefully tattoo memories on our minds so that we can pull them from the database later? Well, I'm here to tell you that that is very possible, but only if we're conscious in our efforts to do so. Years of mental and emotional compartmentalization manifest themselves into ruminations about heroics, catastrophes, and escapades that have blurred and faded. And it's typically the, the high of the highs and the low of the lows that we remember in our lives. And it's unfortunate and it's sad. That's kind of an extreme way to live. In the fire service, we have a sense of legacy. But how will we remember if we don't write these things down? if not on a computer database, then a handwritten journal, right? If it doesn't get written down, it never happened. We have stories that we collect over the course of our careers. Some of them we share with our families, some of them we share with our friends, and some we bury deep down and never share with anyone at all. We want to pass along our legacy. But how can we do that if we don't record it somehow? So thinking about the future, I don't want my children to ask questions that they'll never get the answers to once I'm gone. I want to take the opportunity now to document my thoughts and my own questions so that my quote-unquote legacy would have an account of my career and my life experiences written by me describing my thoughts and my responses, my feelings, and my thoughts about the people I worked with, my interactions with the public, the people I saved, and the people that I couldn't. Too often these kinds of stories die along with the people who lived them. And let's get back, let's take it even more scientific right now. So located the, near the, uh, the center of the brain is a small area called the hippocampus, and it's responsible for memory and spatial navigation, and it also plays a large role in regulating our emotions. As we get older, like the rest of our body, its performance declines. Recalling events that happened years ago 
becomes much more difficult. Another aspect of the hippocampus is that it can shrink due to stress. The body releases the stress hormone cortisol, which restricts generation of the new neurons in the hippocampus. Stress affects our memory. And if there's something that our lives are not short of in fire and EMS, it's stress. It's been well documented that repeated exposure to traumatic and high stress incidents can manifest into negative effects in the bodies and the lives of those experiencing them. In 1980, one year before I was born, the American Psychiatric Association acknowledged post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, as an official diagnosis. And it's taken the fire service decades to acknowledge the fact that PTSD has and continues to plague its members. As we know, firefighter suicide is growing at a staggering rate. And we, as a profession, need to do more. In a 2016 award-winning research paper by Overland Park, Kansas Fire Department Battalion Chief Alan Long, he states that at the time of the publication of his paper, his department, quote, provides no suicide awareness and prevention training to address the mental health and emotional well-being of its emergency response personnel. Unfortunately, this is the situation of the majority of the departments around the country. But there is good news. We're paying more attention to this trend, which allows us to catch up. Since the publication of this research, Chief Long's department has taken great strides to combat PTSD, and other departments are working on catching up as well. The fire service in general is making significant progress to get in the front of the post-traumatic stress situation, and we're finally giving PTSD in the first responder community the credence that it deserves. So bringing up PTSD, I wanted to talk about some of the different resources that we have in place already. Uh, one of those being speaking with a trusted colleague, maybe utilizing your peer support team. Professional counseling is always an option. Exercise, meditation, and things like yoga can be all great ways to help you manage the traumatic events that you see while on duty. The specific method that I'd like to focus on in this episode has been proven to ease post-traumatic stress, boost memory, spark creativity, and elicit mindfulness. And that method is keeping a journal. Being on the peer support team for my organization, when I've brought up keeping a journal to some people who may be struggling, I've gotten mixed responses. Some people are very receptive and some see it as taking up too much of my time. And some people laugh and treat it as if it's something that a teenage girl does. And people write it off as if it's beneath them. And you know, what's interesting. Like I can't, and this is not a dig at, at girls or women or anything like that, but I can't think of a more emotional being than a, than a teenage girl, right? And if she's using a journal to navigate those emotions and come out of things okay, then maybe she's on to something, right? It's actually one of the best and most effective ways to combat stress and physically fight the age and stress-related shrinking hippocampus. Keeping a journal serves several purposes. Well, first of all, it allows you to document your career. Being a firefighter is unlike any profession in the world. We're asked to be an expert 
be a professional athlete, and a five-star customer service representative. The day-to-day situations that we run on where we're asked to complete simple tasks like lifting up someone off the ground or silencing some faulty smoke detectors is where we really earn our reputation as customer service champions. These little moments are where our stories are written and our character is developed. These little stories and small interactions fade over time, which is why writing them down and walking through our emotions and experiences in them help us to preserve those moments. Another aspect to the practice of journaling is much more important. And like I'd mentioned, we see things that most people never will. We put hands on people when helping them out of their mangled car, while performing CPR on them, while helping them off the ground, and while pulling them out of a fire. All of these instances are situations where we come in direct contact with the people that we serve in some very intimate and life-changing ways. We take on their energy. We are harnessing our own. We are immersed in fearful situations where uncertainty reigns. However, we are the ones who respond with a sense of control, knowledge, and ability in cleaning up the chaos. But what do we do with a lot of that energy? We bury it. We tuck it away. We compartmentalize it, and we never address it again. Until sometimes when it eventually comes to a head and catches us off guard in the most unpredictable moments. Maybe we lash out. Maybe we break down in tears. Maybe we have a panic attack. It manifests in a number of different ways. And although the things we do may seem to be superhuman, in reality, we are all just human beings and we need to put systems in place for us to be able to cope and manage the feelings that come as a result of the things we see and the things that we do. Now, personally, I'm not subject to addictions, uh, except one. I have an addiction to seeking out new types of journals and purchasing said journals. (laughs) So I've got a big stack of several different types of journals or planners that I've accumulated over the years in order to see if they'll work for me and my writing style. Now, some I haven't finished. Some I haven't even used yet. Some are very abused because I use the crap out of them. And some, like I said, are still sitting on the shelf, haven't even opened. I've cut and pasted some of the elements of my favorite ones into a system that works for me. So if I were to have like a blank sheet of paper in front of me, I could just write down the template that works for me. And uh, the journals that I get the most out of have these elements. Like these are the elements that I would write down on that blank sheet of paper. First of all, it's got to have a list area for my hot list, right? And you guys know what a hot list is. If not, go back and listen to that episode. I think it's called Why You Need a Hot List. But anyway, it's basically like the three to five most important things that I absolutely have to get done that day. The second element is some form of a calendar, like maybe a a 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. calendar, uh, just places that I can write in little things that I want to have planned that day and get done that day. Then I need an affirmation area or like a little, maybe like three or four lines to write a daily affirmation or like a daily quote. And then I need a reflection area. I need 
seven to 10 lines for me to just write down what happened that day, how I feel about it, and how I'm going to go into a situation like that again if I face that type of situation. And then I need uh, one thing that I like to add is like three lines at the very bottom. And it's a place for me to write a haiku about the day, a haiku poem, right? A Japanese haiku. Um, and that's just a way for me to keep creative, keep the creative juices flowing. Now, all these elements keep me productive. They keep me engaged in the day. They keep me inspired. They provide me a time and a place to write down my thoughts on the day. And like I said, the haiku area allows me to tap into my creative side on the daily. These are the elements that are a must for me when it comes to journaling. I like to start my day or my shift by reviewing the things that are my have-tos and the things that are my want-tos, and I differentiate between the two. And of course, I need to make sure that I address my have-tos before I get to do my want-tos, right? I tell that to my kids too. Like when they come home from school, are you, all of your have-tos done? Are your, is your homework done? Are your chores done? Is the garbage out? Are the dishes done? Are all of the have-tos done before you sit down and play your video games? It's important. It's crucial. Keeps you productive. Keeps me productive. And guess what? It works. But it also allows me to revisit the day when I sit down in the evening and I look at how things went. Basically, it's a daily AAR, a daily after-action review. And it helps me make sure that I add things that need to be added and remove the things that aren't working. This is something that I make myself do every day, on duty or off, doesn't matter. It's a nice way for me to connect with myself and make sure I have a plan for the day. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So I like having a plan for most things. Sometimes I do just like to go with the flow or head out without a specific plan. Like, for example, if I'm going to downtown Phoenix, maybe to attend a conference or to do some consulting, then I look at my schedule. I make adaptations in the moment. So I'll look at my schedule like if I'm at a conference from nine to noon. Okay, well, I'm already down there at noon. Uh, let me just grab lunch, however. Like, I don't want to get lost in the details, right? I want to be able to make adaptations in the moment. Um, or maybe I can take the afternoon and stop by a really cool museum downtown Phoenix, depending on what exhibits are going on down there. I still had a general plan, but I'm not a slave to the details, right? Anyway, one of the key elements of journaling is that we are allowing ourselves to put our experiences down on paper, good or bad. It allows us to physically manifest the things that may be cluttering up our minds and get it out. Make yourself do it every day. Eventually, it'll become second nature. And if you're like me, you'll find that you start to look forward to that time for yourself in a world of chaos. Now, you'll need to find something that works for you. And I've become partial to several different types of planners and slash journals. Uh, I really liked the Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt. I really enjoyed the High Performance Planner by Brendan Bouchard. And finally, the one that I'm really into right now that I'm actively using is the Best Self Journal by Best Self Company. I've provided links to all of these journals in the show notes, but I'm sure you can find them on Amazon. 
just like you can find pretty much anything on Amazon. So check there if you want. But uh, each page I often, I've discovered often has uh, first time buyer discounts and whatnot. So check out the websites first and see what speaks to you. Um, I think you can go through like digital versions of them to kind of look at the features. So see what works for you, see what speaks to you and then make an investment, make a purchase, purchase that journal and start using it. One thing I'd like to stress to you is the importance of taking pen to paper. Oh, also I've included a link to my favorite pens as well, which are the pilot G two tens. These were the, the only pens that I would like to use when I was, uh, writing paper reports. So anyway, I still use these pens to this day because they're awesome. And uh, anyway, this feels like a little commercial for Pilot G2, but (laughs) this is just my personal preference. But anyway, I have a quote from uh, British novelist William, boy, how am I going to, I don't know if I'm going to even pronounce this right. William Makepeace Thackeray wrote, quote, There are a thousand thoughts lying within a man that he does not know till he takes up the pen to write. We have a career that people want to hear about. Our families want to know about it. Even if they're too shy to ask, they still want to know. If we aren't careful, our stories will be lost. Our emotions will take over and it'll put a halt on us being able to build relationships and become closer to the ones we love. Take the time to write down the things you feel. Get it out. Walk through it rather than bury it. Use it to help you gain a better understanding of the world, a better understanding of yourself. Write down the highs. Write down the lows. Write down your general musings, all the things in between those highs and lows. This will not only pay dividends on your mental health, but your children will also be glad that you documented your experience so that you can someday share some of it with them. Real quick before I close out, I want to drive home how amazing journal can be and how it can change your life. So I'd like to review five powerful ways journaling changes your life for the better. Number one, journals help you connect to your values, emotions, and your goals. And like I said, I touched on all of these, these five ways journaling changes your life in one way or another, but this is me just driving the point home. This is like a little recap here. So number one, journals help you connect to your values, emotions, and your goals by journaling about what you believe in, why you believe it, how you feel, and what your goals are. You understand your relationships with these things better and have a better understanding of how and where they fit into your life. Number two, journals improve mental clarity and focus. Like I mentioned earlier, journal writing helps you declutter your busy mind. But how does that work? Whenever you have a problem and write about it in a journal, you are physically transferring the problem from your head to the paper. This empties the mind, allowing allocation of precious resources to problem solving rather than problem storing. This is why I always was better at doing math problems on paper rather than in my head. But anyway, maybe you can do them in your head. I couldn't for the most part, especially the more advanced I got in classes. But anyway, number three, 
journals improve insight and understanding. As a positive consequence of improving your mental clarity, you become more open to insight you may have missed before. As you write your notes out, you're essentially having a dialogue with yourself. This draws out insight that you would have missed otherwise, and it's almost as if two people are working together to better understand each other. This kind of insight is only available to the person who's taken the time to connect with and understand themselves in the form of writing. And uh, I would argue to say that I've actually also witnessed this in the form of talking to yourself. So have you ever seen someone do that? Or maybe you do it. I know I've done it. It's helped me map things out, focus, and see things clearly and work through whatever it is that I'm faced with. Regardless, either way, you're having a dialogue with yourself. So I like to sit down, focus on writing things out, and visually seeing it, right? I'm putting those two elements of uh, my motor sensory to work. I'm feeling myself write it out, and I'm seeing myself write it out. And honestly, here's a little side tip. Uh, when I study for things like captain's testing or paramedic school tests or anything else, as I would write out my notes, I would also read them to myself. So then I was not only uh, physically feeling it as I was writing it out, but I was um, seeing it with my eyes and hearing it with my ears. So the more senses you can assign to this thing, the more it's going to hunker down and lock in. Anyway, just a little pro tip. Number four, track your overall development. What gets measured gets improved. And I say that to all of my clients, whether it's like uh, leadership clients or uh, physical training, nutrition, whatever it is, what gets measured gets improved. Without tracking a baseline, you can't track progress. You can't. Just like on an EMS scene, we need to obtain a baseline set of vitals before we can track progress in our interventions, right? And journal writing allows you to see how you've changed over time. It's basically that baseline for yourself. So you can see where you did things right and where you may need to shore some things up a bit. Number five, journals facilitate personal growth. I challenge you to find a historical figure who kept a journal that wasn't ultimately wildly successful. Leonardo da Vinci was one of the most influential journal writers in history. And I'm fascinated by his methods. I'm fascinated by his artwork and his inquiry, his hypothesizing, his documentation on the results of his experimentation. We know so many things now because people like him took the time to write down their thoughts and feelings. It's impossible not to grow when it comes to journal writing. That's what makes it such a powerful tool, whether it's about achieving goals, becoming a better person, or just general personal development. No matter what you use it for, you'll eventually see yourself growing as a person. Do you currently use a journal? If so, what kind are you using? Is it a plain, like, steno, college-ruled notebook? I don't care. I don't care what it is. Do you use a structure, or do you just free-write? I'm always eager to hear your thoughts and I'm willing to have a dialogue on what you all out there think. So join the conversation in the Ignited Firefighter podcast group. 
I love hearing what you all have to say about these episodes. So join the conversation. Connect with those of us who are looking to level up. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter podcast. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.